most holy and most wise God, we come. Nothing in our hands we bring. Simply to that old rugged cross we cling. So here we stand. Nothing without you. But everything with you. Standing in a moment pregnant with possibility. We ask you to have your way. Have your way. We are. You are the potter. We are the clay. Now make us and mold us. Right now. We can't go another further without you. Now bless This moment consecrated to thy will and thy purpose. We will be careful to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all of the glory. And all of God's children said amen, amen, and amen. Won't you put your hands together for God who is able. Amen, amen, amen. To God be the glory for the great things that God has done and God is doing even right now. Uh, He has planted just for you uh, in the middle of next week blessings already. Uh, And the proper position to be in is a position of praise even now, even now. I am happy. I'm glad. My soul is full. My cup runneth over. Uh, For indeed, one of God's great warriors, God's great soldiers, uh, has invited me to come to the Salem Missionary Baptist Church in Lilburn, Georgia. And I am thankful for the Reverend Dr. Richard Haynes. Won't you please join me in celebrating your pastor and my new friend. Amen. I had not just the honor, but the privilege of making his acquaintance shortly after arriving at Ebenezer. And uh, and I am so glad. God always gives you just what you need just when you need it. Amen. Amen. He has been a voice. Somebody I, I just call. We don't talk we don't talk all the time. But sometimes I just need to hear his voice. And every once in a while I drop him a text. Just checking in, Rev. Checking in to see how you and uh, Sister Haynes are doing. Um, uh, we have broken bread together. Uh, and I am thankful. I'm thankful. He talked about me and vision, but I am so thankful for the vision of this house, the vision of this manservant. Uh, I drove into the campus. I drove into the campus. Amen. Amen. I got here a little bit early. I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait. I left my house about two o'clock, I believe. I live in Brasselton. I just, I just had to get here. I wanted to soak up the atmosphere, so I drove around over by uh, Heritage Hall. Your, uh, Pastor Haynes has shown me uh, all everything over there, but I just needed to drive because that's just a sign of vision, a church that owns property all across the street, down the street, round the street. Amen. And he said if he finds something else, he's going to buy that too. Amen. 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 But I'm thankful for the vision in this house. I'm, thank, I'm thankful for, most of all, for the visionary, for the visionary. One more time for Reverend Richard Haynes, Reverend Doctor. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I know we're gonna, we, we are going to respect the people's times, but I do not take it lightly um, uh, that you've given me this opportunity. And I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. You can't just let anybody come in your kitchen and cook because everybody can't cook. Some, some folk bring their own spices. Amen. Mess up your pot. You know you can't cook good collards in just anybody's pot. You got to season that pot. If you're going to 
Cook some cornbread. You got to season that skillet, huh? Huh? Amen. Amen. Don't come in breaking nothing. And I pray I won't break nothing. I ain't, I ain't trying to break nothing. He done bent this down. He did that. I didn't do it. He just came in. I ain't messing with nothing. To God be the glory. I am thankful. I am thankful. Those who have your Bibles, uh, won't you please open your Bibles to the Gospel according to John chapter 1. The Gospel according to John chapter 1. I would be remiss uh, if I did not mention to y'all, he, uh, uh, Dr. Haynes mentioned that I was born and raised in Walton County in Monroe, Georgia. Amen, somebody. Uh, not that far away. I mean, my mama's here tonight. My mom. My mom, won't you stand up? Stand up. So and, and my mom right here. She's right here. Amen. Amen. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Uh, my Aunt Portia's right there, right there behind her. Uh, amen. That's my Aunt Portia. That's her little sister, my sister, Regina. Amen, amen, amen. Uh, and, and, and my new aunt, my new, well, I guess she ain't new aunt, but uh, ain't Shirley, ain't Shirley, amen. She's here. And I believe your sister is a member here, right here. Amen. Where is she? There she is. All right. God bless you. I need y'all to know where they at. Amen. Just in case y'all want to say something bad. Be careful. No, you don't talk bad about nobody's son. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Ebenezer, where you at? Where you at? I know we got some Ebenezer over here. Ebenezer back there. Ebenezer's at the door. Amen. So if y'all don't like my preaching, y'all be careful. Y'all be careful. We'll lock this place down. We'll lock it down till you like me. We'll lock it down. Amen. Uh, one more time for the, for the choir and the musicians. God bless you. Amen. We stole him. We stole him. Amen. We ain't shame. We ain't shame. We ain't shame. You ain't got to be shame if you like it. You ain't got to be shame. So uh, John chapter 1, uh, I, would, I would ask uh, that if you would please stand with me um, uh, in, reference, uh, in reverence to God's holy word. John chapter 1, um, reading beginning at verse 1 where, it's, where it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Can I get a little bit in the monitors, please? I want to tag this text. God's working with me and on me uh, because I think this is where I'm going to be coming from tomorrow as well. There's so much wealth in the text. I want to tag this text the defense rests the defense rests John the writer of the gospel of this fourth gospel was in essence an apologist an apologia is a defense or better yet someone who speaks in defense of something while apologia is where we get the English word apology or apologize, apologetics is not quite the same thing. You see, many times people apologize and it's really a defense for poor behavior. I'm sorry I said that to you, but, but, but I was just upset. That's, that, that's, that's, that's a half-hearted apology, huh? Some folks will say, I know now that that was the wrong thing to do, but I was just caught up in the moment. Uh, that's an excuse for poor, unchristlike behavior. But the essence of an apologia is not an excuse. It is speaking in defense. It's a skilled discipline of defending a particular position, oftentimes a religious position, through a systematic use of information at hand. 
You see, unlike, uh, unlike common apologies that really seek to excuse our many times miscreant behavior, the apologists like John not only defended their faith against critics, but they recommended their faith to outsiders and non-believers. See, the gospel of John was written intentionally and purposefully so that we might believe that Jesus Christ is the one and only son of God. And since the death of Jesus, there has arisen heresies, untruths about the life, the purpose, and the identity of who and what Jesus was. You see, all of these different groups had taken a parcel of the whole truth, a kernel, if you will, of that truth that God made available to all, and they took that kernel of truth and began to craft their own stories about Jesus. You see, they were saying things like that Jesus was not divine. Some of the others said that he was indeed a good man, but he was just a man, stories that claimed that Jesus was divine, but not human. You see, that on that he was only, he only appeared to be human. There were those like the Gnostics who believed that the material world was evil and was created by a demigod rather than by God. You see, some of them even believed him uh, as an embodiment of a supreme being who was incarnate to bring knowledge or gnosis to the earth. And I don't want us to get too caught up tonight in what they believed back then because we too today have some heresies that live and breathe today. You see, we too create convenient gods to whom we pay homage. We create gods who are with you when you do good but can be turned off when you want to do something else that you want to do you see there are even some of us who believe that as long as you are a good person God is satisfied with you there are even others who preach that as long as you believe this that God wants you to be rich God wants you to be wealthy as if the only way to be rich in life is through a big bank account. They preach messages that say that if you've got faith in God, that God will bless you financially. Never thinking about the consequences about a half-blind theology that on the flip side of that 78, there are too many of us who forget that we're also simultaneously saying that if you are poor, it means you don't have faith. They exploit uh, innocent biblical truth for private personal gain. Where is that theology that suggests that I am my brother's keeper? Where is the theology that says love your neighbor as your son? Where is the theology that remembers blessed are the poor for theirs is the kingdom of God? See it was against this backdrop of heresies that John wrote his gospel and while those other beliefs outlived at their usefulness they eventually all died but John's gospel is still situated for from the front of the New Testament you see all of the gospels were written by different people to different audiences each with its own unique approach and purpose John's gospel soared all by itself it has no account of Jesus's birth, no account of Jesus's baptism, no, no account of Jesus's temptations. It tells us nothing about the Last Supper, nothing about Gethsemane, no word of healing any people who were possessed by demons or evil spirits. Neither does this particular gospel have any of this, uh, any of the stories about people, my brothers and sisters 
Christians who were paralyzed. All of those puzzling parables that Jesus told in the other gospels, they don't show up in John. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the synoptic gospels. And they tell us much of what Jesus said. But John tells us what Jesus meant. John was, wasn't so much concerned with the facts as much as it was the meaning behind the facts. It wasn't just the miracles or as John called them signs. It was the significant behind the signs. It was what the signs meant that John needed us to see. John performed miracles not for entertainment but so that people might believe that Jesus is the son of God. John's gospel uh, is the fourth gospel. John is contending with heresies and falsehoods that have popped up left and right since Jesus died on the cross. And I guess what John is really telling us in this scenario is the same thing that, J that, that James Brown told us. A whole bunch of people talking loud but saying nothing. These were people building houses on sand. And John needed to set the record straight. He needed to make sense out of all the noise. And John sounded a clarion call to believers and non-believers that it was time to straighten up and fly right. He mounted his case. He laid out the facts. He extrapolated the truth. And then he rested his defense. Can I help you out just a minute right here and I'm going to be done. In our text tonight, John is touching on one of the pillars of our faith. He's touching in verse 1 on the Trinity. He comes out of the gate full speed. He's squashing all heretical theologies. Listen to old John if you don't mind. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was I, I love it when I can I do it one more time it, it doesn't excite you like it does me watch this he says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God then he backs it up just a taste to reiterate in the second verse when he said he was in the beginning you see Bible scholars and I know we got some I know who your pastor is Bible scholars will recognize that John didn't just want to tell the story John was emphatic about telling the story he went above the, the call of duty and started his account out right where the book of Genesis began in the beginning John was controversial my brothers and sisters he was argumentative he was unrelenting his thinking was inconvenient but John knew something that he needed the people to know too John didn't want to keep what he knew all to himself. He wasn't like modern day church folk. John needed the people to know the truth. He knew something that was a matter of life and death and he needed to set the record straight. John places right before his detractors the purveyors of untruths. He placed right before them something that all of us would do well to believe in and profess as well. He told them about the trinity yet many of us we know very little about what that means we have rehearsed answers stuff we learned in sunday school way back then but the true meaning of the trinity lingers somewhere between i think I know and don't ask me another time because I'm not really sure how to explain him but from way back when we all sang that song y'all remember that old green Baptist hymnal the very first song in that hymnal holy 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 lord god almighty early in the morning our song shall rise to thee holy 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 merciful and mighty god 
God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Well, to be certain, the Trinity is the Godhead. Y'all don't mind if I teach this tonight. It's just the first night. You see, God is the Trinity. And the Trinity is merely God in three persons. It's God in three equal, co-equal persons. It's God in three co-eternal persons. It's God as the Father, God as the Son, and God as the Holy Spirit. The Father is not bigger nor more important than the Son. And the Son is not bigger nor more important than the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not bigger nor more important than the Father. And don't get it twisted because the Father is not the Son and the Son is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the Father. All three, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit together make up God and they are separate persons in God. Now I'm going to really miss it. If, if you thought I was talking in circles now, I'm about to get you now. Watch this now. The Father is God. The Son is God. The Holy Spirit is God. Collectively, they form the perfection we know as God who is omnipresent. Can I help you out with omnipresence? Which means God is everywhere all the time and that there is nowhere that God is not and cannot get into. That ought to excite somebody at Salem tonight. Somebody has been made to feel like you're all by yourself in the world. You've been some places that you didn't really fit in and you didn't think anybody could reach you. You didn't think that anybody could help you, but somehow you're still here. Somehow you came through. Somehow you made your way back. And now that if that and now you know that it wasn't mama who saved you. You know it wasn't daddy who got to you. It wasn't your friends who you thought protected you. You look back and despite the obstacles and the barriers that tried to hold you down, trip you up, tie you down, hold you back, keep you out. And you know that it was nothing but the grace and the mercy of God. It was nothing but the goodness of God that showed up in your darkest hour. You see, God is also um, uh, he's omniscient that means that God knows everything and there's nothing that God does not know yes he's not just omnipresent he's not just omniscient he's also omnipotent which means that God's got all power in the palm of his hand and there is no power in heaven on earth or under the earth that God does not have yes my brothers and sisters we serve a mighty God. Is there anybody here tonight who knows that it doesn't matter how far you fall, he can reach you. Doesn't matter how far out you get, he'll come get you. Is there a witness tonight who's not afraid to say, my God got me? Uh, watch this. Uh, God, in God, there are three co-equal, co-eternal persons. It has been said that it is the Father who generates, the Son who is begotten, and the Holy Spirit who proceeds. Y'all got that? Write it down. That might be on the test. Watch this. It's the father who generates. He's the great creator. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's, he's the alpha and the, he's the beginning and the end. John tells us that uh, uh, down in, and he tells us in verse three, watch this, that all things came into being through him. And without him, not one thing came into being. Watch this, he also tells us right here that it's the son who is begotten. 
over in chapter 3 verse 16 doesn't he tell us for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life it also tells us that it's the Holy Spirit who proceeds you see after Jesus was baptized and headed into the wilderness the text tells us that as he went he was led by the spirit y'all missed them you need to recognize if I said the other way you see before he went into the into the wilderness he was led by the spirit and Romans 8 reminds us that those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God can I even go into some church history that African father of the church at the nations he said one time the father is uncreated the son is uncreated the Holy Spirit is uncreated all three are eternal with no beginning but be careful be careful John is not saying that Jesus is God alone for Jesus was the son he was not saying that Jesus was identical to God for the son is but one of the three persons of God y'all with me uh, he, he, he was saying that Jesus was so perfectly the same as God in mind, in heart, and in being uh, that in him uh, we perfectly see what God is like. Y'all missing this thing. This is, this is good right here. John's gospel aimed to tell us that Jesus was without question or pause the son of God. That Jesus was fully human and fully divine. That Jesus was God in the flesh showing us how we need to walk with one another. How to talk to one another. How to be humble with one another. How to love one another. God, John's gospel spoke about signs, my brothers and systems you see John called the miracles that Jesus performed he called them signs as signals and these signs in and of themselves don't mean one single solitary thing signs are only useful in as much as there is something meaningful behind them let me see if I can help you the dictionary tells us that a sign is any object, any action, any event, or any pattern that conveys meaning. So it's not the sign itself that matters. It's what the sign points to. Can I help you driving down the highway? They got all of these green signs. Atlanta, 63 miles. You see, when you see that sign, that sign doesn't mean anything because you are not in in Atlanta you still got 63 miles to go but what that sign by itself doesn't mean anything but it points you in the right direction when you're driving if you got to use the bathroom you want to get something to eat you look for a blue sign when you see the sign you haven't gotten where you need to be but that sign will point you in the direction where you need to go can I help somebody tonight when Jesus did a sign that sign by itself didn't mean anything but it was what that sign meant that made him the son of God is there a witness here tonight who knows that Jesus is the son of God and it doesn't matter how wide you go how far down he is he was and he always will be uh, John uses signs to point to the reality of who Jesus is and though Jesus was human John needs us to know he was also divine. He performed miracles, not for show, form, or fashion, but Jesus performed miracles because he needed the people to believe. And these miracles, these events, these signs were not just what they appeared to be on the surface they also spoke to the true essence of who and what Jesus was. 
Somebody saying, blood salt, blood salt, you got to leave, leave it alone, leave it alone. I can't, I can't do it. Watch this. The miracles Jesus performed were merely insights into what God is always doing and what Jesus always is. Y'all miss I'm going to say it again. Write it down. Write it down. Watch this. The miracles that Jesus performed, they were merely insights into what God is always doing and who and what Jesus always is. Watch this. Watch. Jesus did not merely feed 5,000 people. Now, you've got to see that there's a deeper meaning for he is forever the bread of life. Jesus didn't merely open the eyes of a blind man. You've got to be able to see there's something deeper right there because he is the light of the world. Now, Jesus didn't just raise Lazarus from the dead. He is forever the resurrection unto new life and eternal life. He's forever the resurrection and the life. Jesus is demonstrating right before them in every miracle he does that he is the son of God. So watch this. This whole book of John is John mounting his defense just to let the people know that John was, that Jesus was the son of God. And Jesus came to earth from God and that in Jesus the world ought to believe because believing in Jesus is believing in God. Ooh-wee, hmm. You get down to it. When all of the facts are in, the facts are that Jesus the humanity of Jesus, the divinity of Jesus is not mentioned in verse 1. What? But the truth is that you read down to verse 14 where it tells us, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, we've got to be careful that when we talk about facts and when we talk about truth, they're not the same thing. You see, facts can be distorted, but the truth is what it is. Facts change. But the truth was the same yesterday, this today, and tomorrow. You see, the facts say that Jesus died one Friday afternoon, but the truth said he got up early Sunday morning. The facts say that they rolled a stone to cover the doorway, but the truth is that when Mary and the other women and disciples showed up, the stone was rolled away and Jesus was gone. I hope you don't leave here tonight thinking that facts and the truth are the same thing uh, that's why John said what he said in his gospel that's why John's gospel is so important to us it's not just because about what Jesus said it's what the meaning is behind what Jesus said so when others want to toss in their meanings and their understandings, when others want to embellish one strand of the entire belief, every once in a while, we need old John to stand up and mount a defense. We need John to stand in the gap and defend the truth. And in my sanctified imagination, as I turn third base right here, I can imagine old John in the court room of public opinion he's mounting his case for Jesus mounting his case for the son of God I imagine John putting personal testimonies on the witness stand can't you see John calling witnesses from the Bible just to defend the truth some of the great prophets and the great people of the Bible to testify 
testify to who Jesus is. Won't you check out the list he called? You see, can't you hear him call Abraham to the witness stand? Listen to John talk to old, old Abraham on the witness stand. Can't you hear him say, Abraham, the Lord blessed those who blessed you and cursed those who cursed you and all the people of the earth were blessed through you for you are the father of many nations what do you have to say Abraham about Jesus the Christ and can't you see Abraham well he said I really don't have much to say other than down here on the earth he's a descendant of mine but up there I'm a descendant of his he is the bread of life can't you hear him oh John call Moses to the witness stand and say Moses you delivered the Hebrew children from Egypt in bondage to Pharaoh can you share with the jury who Jesus is can't you hear Moses tell him well I never made it to the promised land but I was sent from on high down to the mount of transfiguration to tell him that his work was done and sin in the world was not going to get the best of him he said but he is the light of the world can't you hear John call David and tell David you're a man after God's own heart raise your right hand and won't you swear to tell the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth you are Israel's greatest king tell us who Jesus is well it was said that he will reign on my throne and over my kingdom establishing and upholding him with justice and righteousness from that time on and forevermore and as a shepherd boy myself I can truly say that he is the door of the sheep Isaiah you're a great prophet of the 8th century you advise four kings so your word is bomb is there anything you can tell us about Jesus don't you hear Isaiah clear his throne and say guess what I'm not really sure what all the confusion is about you see Isaiah was a straight shooter for the text said therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign behold that the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and you shall call his name Emmanuel for he is the good shepherd Jeremiah come on to the witness stand tell us who Jesus is and they released him from the stocks Jeremiah made his way to the witness stand and he said to John and to those gathered I was hoping that you wouldn't call on me John because I really didn't want to have to testify I promise I wouldn't call his name I promise but the longer I held it in it got like fire shut up in my bones I just can't keep it to myself for he is the resurrection and the life John called everybody that they could find who knew something about the saving power of Jesus so he said to the judge I got 
got one more witness. It's a surprise witness. A witness who can testify not just to his goodness, but somebody who knew what it was like to run out of chances in life. Somebody who when defeat and death looked like they had dried up. John called the witness. He called Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. And he said, tell us who Jesus is. And in unison, they said it together. We had faith. We believed God would save us. We refused to bow down to Nebuchadnezzar's God. But if the truth be told, we knew. But we didn't know how. We didn't know when. We didn't know what. But we knew he'd be right there. Just when the fire was seven times hotter, Jesus showed up to walk with us through the fire. We came through and we didn't even smell like smoke. We came through. The world didn't want us, but we came through. They tried to bury us, but we came through. Is there a witness in this house tonight who knows that you're coming through? He's got your back. Somebody shout yeah. Shout yeah. Shout yeah. What? Can I, I got a little more. Can I? Yeah. Like that, like that old ketchup bottle. You know, the ketchup done ran out, but you ain't out of ketchup. Huh? You put a little water and shake it up. Watch this. Watch this. This is my ketchup sermon. Watch this. Finally, John, knowing that his defense was drawing to a conclusion, he wanted to close it out on a high note. So he called one more witness to testify to who Jesus is. And he called Daniel. And Daniel, Daniel didn't make it all the way to the witness stand before he started to praise. He, he was trying to hold it in, but he couldn't hold it in. Daniel knew what it was like to be trapped in a place where other folk want to tear you down. He knew what it was like to be in a place where other folk wanted to break him. He knew what it was like to be trapped in a place with no way out. So Daniel testified that there's no reason he should have been alive the lions were hungry and they were agitated he testified for all practical purposes he should have been dead he should have been gone he should have been for dinner but in his darkest hour when he was lowered into the lion's den when his faith was tested but while he was being tested the king couldn't sleep all night long the king couldn't rest all night long but the Bible said that Daniel slept like a baby so when the king rushed in at the break of day Daniel yelled out oh king live forever oh king I'm still here because Jesus is the true vine that's when John closed his Bible he looked at the jury and said the defense rests then the chief judge of heaven's court grabbed his gavel as he dismissed the case with prejudice for insufficient evidence and that's our lesson for this Monday night I hope you come back tomorrow but before you go I gotta tell you one more thing may God bless you real good drive safely to get back home
gone but before the chief judge banged his gavel to dismiss the case there remains one unresolved issue that's on the docking you see we know who Jesus said he is we know who John said that Jesus is we know who the prophets say Jesus is but I got one more question before you leave this Monday night I got a pop quiz I want to spring on you before the benediction I got one more thing I gotta ask you who do you say Jesus is do you believe Jesus in what is Jesus in your life can the world see Jesus in you does the world know what you believe when they look at you can they tell by the way you walk can they tell by the way you talk can the world tell who you belong to Jesus has the gavel in his hand but before the gavel comes down you better call him you better tell him you better praise him yeah cause I believe as I look out tonight that we've had one surprise witness we've had a witness from the eighth century but I'm looking for a star witness tonight somebody who can call on his name somebody who's not afraid to call that name and if you don't know come on the witness stand and tell everybody that he is the rose of Sharon the bright and morning star he is a lily of the valley he is the king of kings and the lord of lords he is the prince of peace are there any stars out tonight anybody who want to call his name who's testifying to the goodness and the glory and the grace of Jesus for he is my burden bearer he is my heavy load Sharon he is my midnight runner he is my bread when I'm hungry he is my water when I'm thirsty and Sam Cook would have said it like this he is the apple of my he is my cherry pie is there a witness who's willing to say yeah 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 Just going and bless. Just going and blessing. Go on and bless his name. Go on and praise his name. He's worthy of all of this. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah, Lord. Yeah, Lord. My, 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 my. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Stop. The preacher has pleaded the case. <laughs> I rest my case. Case has been pleaded. You've got to know that this thing goes somewhere. You hear all the testimony, but you've got to. You've got to believe what you hear. You've got to, you've got to make a decision tonight. This is the kind of preaching that puts you right in that place, puts you right in your face. Either you accept it or you reject it. That's the bottom line. And right now, you have an opportunity to become a part of the community of the redeemed. If you hear Jesus, keep me near the cross there a precious fountain and it's free to all healing stream that flows yellow 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 if you're here you ought to be moving Jesus keep me the cross oh Oh, rest be. 
Stop. A message straight from the Master. And I thank God tonight. I, I thank God. I think I love this kind of preaching. I'm one of those, I just don't believe. I, I don't believe you ought to have to check your brain at the door when you come to church. I, I, I believe that the Word of God. I believe you ought to leave here. You ought to learn something while you're here. You ought to, that's what you ought to. See, you ought to, you come to God's house, you, you ought to leave with something. You ought to leave. And I don't know about y'all. I feel like I ought to get some college credit tonight. I feel like I ought to get some credit. Somebody ought to give me some credit tonight. Just sitting here and listening to this media. This is what preaching ought to do. I thank God for Pastor Bloodsaw. I thank God that preaching is still alive. Oh, oh folk, folk would tell you this kind of preaching doesn't happen anymore. No, preaching is still alive and well. Got a message, got a message, and I know there are those who are working and those who are other places. But to all of my preachers here tonight, I'm glad y'all are here, but I want you to get on the phone. Call your brothers and your sisters in ministry and tell them that the class has already started. Our class, our, our, our iron sharpens the iron class. It's, it's already started. started tonight. So tell them they're going to miss some nights if they don't get here. So just tell them they need to be here. We need to be sitting here. Iron sharpens. This, this is the kind of preaching that would do us all good. Y'all bless God for this man of God. Just bless God for this man of God. We thank him so much for coming tonight and we pray for him the rest of the week. I thank God for young preachers, young youth, the youthfulness of God. I preach like that, y'all would be dragging me out of here about now. <laughs> y'all would be calling 911. <laughs> I thank God for the energy how he delivers plain truth. And we, we thank God. Ebenezer, it's good to see y'all. Amen. Amen. All y'all, it's good to see y'all. Now, a lot of y'all are young and don't remember me, but I come out of Ebenezer. I came straight out of Ebenezer. And all y'all, some of y'all wasn't born then. <laughs> but I think, yeah, you do, don't you? <laughs> don't give your age away, sister. <laughs> I bless. I used, to, I used to chase that child all over the church. He's scared of me. <laughs> Amen. We thank God. God bless you. God keep you. We're going we're gonna to respect your time and get you home. You see, it's not even 9 o'clock yet. So you got a chance to get home and make sure that the kids are in the bed and make sure they got the lesson. They weren't doing it no how. Y'all do know that. They weren't. <laughs> Amen. But go home and they'll act like they did it. Amen. God bless you. God keep you. God be with you.
till we meet again. Let me thank God for our virtual congregation. I want to thank you for tuning in tonight. I do want you to know that there are some seats left. There are a few seats left in the sanctuary. So I know you've enjoyed at home, but you need to come and get it face to face if you can. Thank you so much for tuning in. Amen. Repeat after me. They will not come. They must be brought. They cannot teach. They must be taught. They will not seek. They must be sought. If every soul saves a soul, then every soul will be saved. Good night. There are several ways to submit your tithe and offering. Online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give. On Cash App at dollar sign the church with zeal. Via the Givelify app. By mail to Salem Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Lilburn, Georgia 30048. Or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.